Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. WRKS Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Uh, good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Starkville, and Tupelo. Whether you're going with the Jalapeno Popper Burger, Freshman 15, or Mushroom Swiss Burger, brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Starkville, and Tupelo. This is Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Steve Robertson joins us. 247 Sports, Gene's Page, and the Boneyard Podcast. He joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Rough weekend for Mississippi State baseball, Steve. What options do they have? Can they turn this thing around at some point? Well, they can. You know, will they? That's that's the million dollar question. And I think, you know, you saw Friday and Saturday, you know, State should have won both of those baseball games, but but you didn't. You know, it's like you look back over the, you know, the totality of the schedule and you have that Saturday loss, Georgia. You shouldn't have lost that game, you know, but, but you did. You know, then, well, we should have lost that Friday game in Northern Kentucky. Well, but you did. You know, so at some point you got to decide, okay, we're going to grow up and we're going to handle these things or we're just going to get ready to uh, have a, a very abbreviated season and, uh, you know, not capitalize on a national championship and, and uh, give everybody a summer off. And and uh, that would be very unfortunate. But uh, is this team capable of making the postseason? Well, well, yes, they are. But the margin for error now is basically nil. I mean, you, you've got to absolutely put some things together starting tonight and this weekend. I agree with you even on tonight. Um, they, you know, you, you got to start winning. Um, are they throwing Con tonight? Is it Pico Con? Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 
it's, it's Pico Con tonight, and uh, not not sure you know how long he goes, but uh, you know we, we we joke about these midweek games used to be a Johnny Holstaff thing where you don't have a whole staff anymore, you know. But this is probably a chance to you know work some guys in, you know, some guys that maybe didn't pitch uh, over the weekend. But uh, I, I think it's apparent at this point that uh, you know, Brandon Smith's going to be a weekend starter probably starting this weekend. Um, you know, then probably next weekend you might see some moving around. You know, it's a short week this week. You know, so you can't really move guys up because everybody's are are already moving up a day. You're already getting a short week, short week's rest because the series starts on Thursday. But uh, I think you could see some real change next weekend. Maybe Kate Smith goes to Saturday, Bernie Smith to Sunday. But you know, I I just don't think at this point you can try Parker's that back out there as a starter on the weekend. Okay, so you think Preston Johnson Thursday, Brandon Smith Friday, Cade Smith Saturday, and they could flip-flop Brandon Smith and Cade Smith the next weekend when they get back into a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series? Yeah, you could do that. And that's the thing, too. And you may not want to do that. But I think, you know, with Cade being your most reliable guy today, you know, you probably need him pitching – you know, probably that Saturday game is so crucial because, you know, it's like they're all they're all big. But the Saturday one, you know, as well as I do, it's like either you're trying to stop momentum or you're trying to clinch a series, you know. So it's like by the time you get to Sunday, you know, the series is lost and your best guy hadn't thrown yet, you know. So it makes sense to possibly move him up you know, next weekend. You know, the, we went through this last year, you know. You know, Christian McLeod was the Friday guy in Bednar on Saturday. And then we get to postseason, you kind of you flip them up due to, miss, due to a uh, matchup. But, yeah, I think this is where Chris Lamont's head is right now. It's what do I do to shore this situation up on the weekend? And when do I get Kate Smith throwing the most important innings? And I think this year it's probably as a Saturday guy. But, you know, Chris has been a little bit unpredictable at times this year. But uh, I think Brandon Smith showed this weekend that, you know, he is capable and, uh, of shoring that third spot down in the rotation. You know, he told us last Tuesday in post game, and uh, he goes, hey, I didn't come back for another year to be the midweek starter. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and while I like it. When, when, he, when he said it, I, I was kind of like, oh, you know. Um, but, I, you know, I, I respect it, man. You've got to have a little sure. moxie. You've got to have a little fire in your belly, you know, and, and I think that's what th- this team is kind of lacking in some respects. And so while I, so, somebody may have, you know, given Brandon, you know, a talking to or whatever after that, you know, <laughs> we got to Brandon's a team guy, but that's a guy I want on the weekend. I want because, you know, I want the baseball, you know, and then sure. he goes out there this Saturday and, and he backs it up. You know, the game, you know, the state's down three nothing. You bring him in and for the rest of the ball game, you give up one run. And sadly, Brandon Saddle with the ball up, you know, one big hit, but Brandon Smith's capable of winning games on the weekend. Uh, he pitched so we'll well on Saturday, man. I mean, he looked good. Well, when you, when you go out there and say, I didn't come back to pitch on the midweek, you better go out there and do it. <laughs> you, know, it's like, you, you talk it, you better walk it. Yeah. Well, all right. I, I think I know where you're going to go here. Uh, we've we've got three, three more minutes or so. Um, what needs to happen in the lineup? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, like you got to keep RJ at leadoff. You know, and that's the season began with RJ at leadoff, and then he struggled. You know, to get kind of get going. Well, now he's rolling, and then you put him at leadoff, and all of a sudden you're like, wow. Why this guy been there the whole year? Well, they tried it, you know, but yeah, I think that's that's a big part is having a tone setter up there. But you know, 
you know, the, the two, three, four hitters, the, 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 we got to get going. You know, Luke had a good weekend here a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, Cam's had some moments, but, but but there has not been an instance this year where we've had all the horses pulling in one direction. And uh, you start looking at, you know, Clark and Hines and Cumbus, you know, again, two or three weeks ago, they were kind of carrying the team, you know, so I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you need to take them to a water slide or everybody sitting or sit together and, you know, watch 16 candles or something, but, you know, we got to change the mojo <laughs> a little bit here. And yeah, the host the center field thing is interesting. That's back committee approach because I just think you got some guys out there that are going to struggle to hit SEC pitching. And if that's the case, and you know, they don't need to play, you know, then they need to be a defensive replacement later in a ball game. But, uh, I, you know, the, the shortstop thing is intriguing to me. We talk about offensive stuff. You know, I don't know if you don't slide Cam back to short and put Slate Alford at third or put R.J. Yeager at short and Cam at second, you know, just to get a, another stick in the order. I mean, Slate Alford hit a, a tank against LSU. And, you know, if you're struggling for offense, well, you need to get another bat in the lineup. And if that means you got to trade a little defense for offense, then maybe you should. I mean, that's – and that's the thing with this team is, you know, there's not anything at this point you look at and say, hey, they're doing this great. You know, I think starting pitching has been better in, in most instances in SEC play. But you say, well, we're not, they're not pitching it well enough to be able to give up an error here or two there. Well, you know, at this point, I think you just kind of go through caution to the wind and say, you know what, we're going to get our best bats in the order. And if that costs us a you know, run or two here, you know, we've got to take that approach. Well, we've got to drive in more than we take in. And I think that's an interesting dilemma for, for Chris Amonis is, uh, you know, what do you do at shortstop when you get basically the same guy, the two guys that are similarly situated, and neither one of them are great offensive players. You know, so what do you what do? You do? Well, I think you've you got to take a chance and shake up the lineup a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I, I think offense trumps defense, but I could be wrong. Um, all right, so we got a minute. Uh, spring game, even though Leach has two more practices, I think, or maybe it's more after the uh, scrimmage or whatever they call it this weekend now. And I know the whole thing's been devalued because every spring weekend home conference series is huge. Uh, what are you looking – what's the buzz out of the football building? We've got 30 seconds. Well, they feel really good about the defense. You know, they feel like some guys are really coming along, and I think that front seven is very reliable. You know, and, and now that you've got shorts and things up in the secondary, still a little bit concerned with safety. But, uh, and then, you know, they, they, they can pitch and catch it. They, they believe Will Rogers is taking a step forward. So, we'll see how things go. It'll be good to see everybody out there on Saturday, though. Yeah. It's, and it's going to be a glorified practice. It's not going to be like a <laughs> All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Steve Robertson, the Boneyard Podcast, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. Obviously, he's booked the dog pile on the national championship team. He joined us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Uh, we're going to have Richard Greenley joining us. Uh, Ratchet Y'all Entertainment. Um, this is pretty cool. Uh, Taylor Hicks is going to be in town, Dueling Hall, Friday night. We'll discuss more coming up next. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Press the button, my friend. The Out of Bound Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Hi, good morning, welcome in. Um, so we had Taylor Hicks on the show last week, American Idol winner, musician, entrepreneur, restaurateur. He'll be playing here this weekend. And we're going to let uh, Richard Greenlee, Ratchet Y'all Entertainment Group, uh, who's been doing some really, really cool stuff in the state of Mississippi when it comes to music and shows, whether it's at the Renaissance or Dueling or Howlin' Mouse, among other venues. And uh, he's the reason why we were introduced to Taylor Hicks last year, whenever it was, when Taylor came in town. So first, uh, let's make sure Richard's mic is on. Richard, good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning, Bo. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited. This weekend, uh, Friday night? Yes, Friday night. A third time's a charm. You know, we've tried to do this thing twice before. Oh, man. COVID keeps killing it, but it's gone. It's yeah. gone. <laughs> yes. So it's on this Friday. It's on this Friday. Full, full force. Yes, it is. Um, it'll be Taylor Hicks and the Delta Punk Revival. Revival. Friday mm-hmm. night at Dueling. Yes, that's the, the name I came up with and the band I put together. I've been trying to do this for, like I said, three years, and I, I cannot wait for the people to see this band. It's going to be awesome. Patrick Smith. Patrick Smith out of Vicksburg on keyboards. Very, very talented. Very talented. I'm a keyboard guy. Okay. Some people are guitar guys. Or, I'm, I, I, I love keyboards. And okay. So Jason Harrelson, another friend of mine, right. um, plays on lead guitar. He shreds with a, a touring band called Hannah Ward Pass. And, of course, Taylor. On lead vocals and harmonica. Right. I said, Taylor, you got to play the harp on at least half the songs because he rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor Hicks and the Delta Funk Revival will be at Dueling Hall on Friday night, and you can go to Ardenland.net to get tickets? That's correct. It's all for the Children's Hospital. All proceeds go to the Children's Hospital. So, okay. Presented by Bank Plus, yes. all the proceeds go to the Friends of Children's Hospital, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hicks, American Idol winner, mm-hmm. and the Delta Funk Revival um, will be and Dueling Hall is a super cool venue there in Pondering. It is. It's very quaint, intimate, and seasoned. That's a cap of about five hundred. I wouldn't put more than about four hundred in there because we've got some VIP tables and stuff. And but uh, yeah, four hundred would be packed. So I don't think we'll get there, but I, I'm hopeful. So. Come out and uh, and see Taylor Hicks and the Delta Funk Revival. Get after it at Dueling Hall Friday night. Ardenland.net. All right, tell us what's going on. Saturday night at Howlin' Mouse. This is a great story. It's a, it's a 15-year-old phenom named Prentice Fur. Uh, his parents, Bill and Denise Fur, good friends of mine, grew up with him. His brother Wilson was a, a coffer, played for Alabama and on the pro tour. But he's a 15-year-old phenom. Uh, at 14, he has a record deal. His biggest fans are Justin Bieber, Skrillex, and Megan Trainer. He's been recognized by, I mean, Skrillex wants to record with him. So does Bieber. Um, he's dropped a new album that's got 18 new songs come out this summer he just got invited to play at Lollapalooza as a 15 year old as the number one new artist to look for he's playing a new festival uh, when we were young in Vegas 
He's played in L.A. He's represented by Cinematic Music Group. He's he's hyper pop. I don't know how to describe. Yeah. You know, he writes his own music, mixes his own songs. He did Howlin' Mouse, all ages show. Anybody, all ages, right. um, you know, under eighteen is fine with a adult or parent, a, a three to one ratio. But it's going to be a great show. It's it's really he's he's going to blow up. Next time he comes to Jackson, he will not be at Howlin' Mouse. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be out in Brandon. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. Uh, Richard Greenley with the Ratchet Y'all Entertainment Group joining us on the Out of Bounds Show. So we got Taylor Hicks Friday mm-hmm. at Dueling. Yes. And then we have Prentice Fur Saturday at Howlin' Mouse. Yes, and you can buy those. T- Sorry, go ahead. No, you go you ahead. You can buy those tickets at ctickets.us. It's difficult. It's c-s-e-e-tickets.us, and just search for Prentice. That's the best way you can do that. Okay. It's a Howlin' Mouse show. Howlin' Mouse show. Um, let's. Sw- do you want to announce? You want to announce two of your Twilight, talk, or you want to wait? Well, we can talk That's about. Fine. Yeah, we can wait, but we Twilight's coming up. We okay. have two dates booked. Um, I'm, I cannot announce the bands yet. Okay. Save the date, July 9th and October 22nd. But we're going to do four shows out there, as we talked about. Right. It's just a good fall to do shows. Ole Miss and State have a lot of away games, which yeah. is good for us. So. Yeah. Well, you got to yeah. do it around that. Yes. All right. Cool. So we'll know more about that in the next few weeks. We will. We're going. Um, um, we're timing some announcements. We're going to do tape. You know, our, we're we're you know a table and pod configuration. Oh, I love I love your model. And we're going to do table sales for the year, just like I've always intended to do. So we're going to put right. those on sale first before we do individual show tables or pods. Yeah, it's a more intimate deal, VIP. Cool, intimate. You, yeah. It's, in the grass, you've got your GA fill, but you've got your 10 by 10 square. You don't have to fight people away. You go to the bathroom, get a drink, and come back yeah. here. See, I'm, I'm at the age where I'm not fighting people anymore. <laughs> That's why this model works well for me. Exactly, Richard. exactly. All right, so the Twilight Series, you'll have more, you'll release more information on that. You can come back on the show in the next few weeks, and you can tell us, who y'all will have for July and October. Exactly. So right now we're focused on Friday at Dueling Hall with mm-hmm. Taylor Hicks. Yep. And the Delta Funk Revival. Yep. And then Saturday with Prentice Fur. You know, Taylor's such a cool guy. He um, is. Thank you, by the way, for introducing us to him. He's uh, he's had a lot of success mm-hmm. um, and in music and entertainment and restaurateur. But he's just a dude. He is, man. If it's sports or hanging out or you know, uh, restaurants, entrepreneur, and he's on been on Broadway. He's been in movies. He's got Saul's Barbecue. Yeah. He had State Plate for two years. We went to every uh, state in the nation and sampled their local cuisine. Their two-year smart. It, he's just he's great. And you you talk to him. You know he you know he gets it. He's just a great guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited for him. And um, he's a get it guy. He loves Mississippi. We were talking about Cedric Burnside. Yeah, We've had Cedric in here before. Yes, mm-hmm. and you facilitated that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cedric just won a Grammy. Yep, he and Kingfish both. both. North Mississippi Hill Country. Absolutely. Richard. Cedric's great. Um, he, he did a wonderful job for us last April. He was on the yeah. Twilight Tour Yes, on, on the show. Uh, and Kingfish, we've been trying to get him for a while, and he's not going to make it this year because of some other dates, but he's on the schedule for 2023 for Twilight. Good. Mm-hmm. So um, Cedric's going to Europe and doing a tour here coming up mm-hmm. soon, and that's exciting to see our Mississippi artists go overseas and have success too it is cedric's been around for a while you know his family's name you know music is great you know yeah. good thing about kingfish he's young and he's new and he he's he's got he's going a long way yeah yeah so but both and both guys, won grammys they both won uh, grammys two weeks ago or whenever it was mm-hmm. out in la so the uh the mississippi um i guess the tradition continues as far as grammys and and artists from the state of mississippi Richard Greenlee on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Richard's with Ratchet Y'all Entertainment Group. 
He'll have his Twilight series this year out at the Renaissance. We'll have more information on that in the next few weeks. And right now we're focused on the uh, Taylor Hicks concert and the Delta Funk Revival this Friday night. Dueling Hall, you can go to Ardenland.net, and this is what I think is cool. All the proceeds go to Friends of Children's Hospital. Absolutely. So it's a cool venue. You mm-hmm. can hit a cool restaurant or bar in Fondren um, before you go, mm-hmm. including what Robert St. John and them just did at, at Highball Lanes and all that kind of cool stuff. Get you a beverage and an appetizer. Boom. Come over to Dueling. You can go to Saltines, whatever. Come over to Dueling and then enjoy a great show. Yep, and you can also get food in Dueling that's served by Saltines. You know, they have a limited menu in there, too. That makes sense for them to have a partnership. And our VIP is a, has an hour-long meet-and-greet before doors, and you get hors d'oeuvres served. Nice. You get a complimentary original artwork show poster that a local artist named Holly Peel did. She's a keyboardist and an artist. Had that made into a custom show poster. You get a T-shirt. Get a lot of perks with the VIP. I love that. Yeah. So the VIP starts an hour for the show. Six to seven is a happy hour meet and greet. That's uh, smart. Sound check thing. Doors are at seven. Show starts at eight. Love it. Ardenland.net. Correct. Mm-hmm. Ardenland.net. For the Go Friday there. night show. Yep. For the Friday night show. Yep. Yeah. Saturday night show is a different. Exactly. Uh, ctickets.us. Is that S-E-E? Mm-hmm. C-T-I-C-E-T-I-C-E-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-C-T-I-
Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Press the button, my friend. The Outbound Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. Good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds brought to you by Mike Hike and Flowood. Number one selection of pre-owned and new SUVs and truck trucks. Mike Hike in Flowood. MikeHikeFlowood.com. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. And this is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We welcome in Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Lugs joins us on the Corona premier guest line tom luganville on a monday what's happening buddy how are you pal everything good with you i'm good i spent the weekend good. in startville um baseball did not go well for either team but <laughs> uh i ate some great food and um we had some beers and bourbon so all in all it was a good did y'all have good weather this weekend because we had great weather yeah, pretty good. I was actually, I had North Carolina spring game, so I drove up to Chapel Hill from Charlotte, and it was about 60 degrees, slightly overcast, but it was nice. It really was. It's a beautiful area. Beautiful yeah, area. Is. No doubt. Beautiful campus, too, man. That, that, that job is, that's, that, that's a really, really nice spot, man. Does, uh, does Longo still have that haircut uh, high and tight? Heck yeah, man. You got you to gotta respect the man that... <laughs> purposefully wear the 1960s 70s crew cut i mean don't you love it yes come on let's go uh between he and chiswick there's some energy on that staff huh oh yeah man well you know what's interesting like we talked about this last week i think like you could tell because when i was talking to chiswick and i asked him point blank i was like man what's it like coaching knowing that you don't have to feed your kids like you don't there's no pressure you're just out here because you just love it and you want to have a good time and you want to teach football and recruit but like it's not life or death you know and so yeah they got a lot of good things going on there they got to get back on track i think they got a little over their skis a year ago too much hype too much off-season banter kids didn't handle it well Uh, um and you know that's kind of part of that taking that next step right when you have an off-season where everybody's telling you how good you're supposed to be and then you end up reading all of it, believing all of it, and now your focus and your preparation wanes, and you don't play very good. And that's exactly what happened to them. And it can happen in a heartbeat. And no doubt. And ju- you know, there's not really any programs that are immune to that, except maybe oh. Bama, um, which is pretty incredible considering. Um, and look, Kirby Smart has to do this now, Tom, for the first time in his career. And the first time Georgia's won the you know title in the modern era, 1980, was a long, long time ago. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had a team in this state that won the national championship last year in baseball at MSU, and and they're having a rough go of it this year. And um, you know this, it it is hard to continue to sharpen the sword when everybody in town is patting you on the back and wants to buy you a beer. It's a whole different ball game when you go from being the hunter to the hunted, right? 
you're climbing the ladder, you're scrapping and scraping, everybody's saying, oh, you can't get there, so you're, no, you're motivated, or you're not going to knock off Alabama, so you're motivated. Now, all of a sudden, you've done it. How do you sustain it? See, I, that's where I, and I think I've shared this with you before, that's where I think Nick Saban is actually undervalued. You know, everybody thinks it's about the process, and everybody thinks it's about recruiting and player evaluation, and, you know, Alabama has resources, and I, and I get all that. And all of that is true. But what he's done maybe better than anybody else is he gets kids to play to their own standard and rise to the occasion when everybody's trying to bring them down through telling them how good they are, right? Because how do you not believe it? How do you walk around campus, walk into a mall, walk into a restaurant where everybody's patting you on the back? How do you not fall victim to that? And somehow, some way, Nick Saban is able to manage that and that's now, I think, Kirby Smart's, you know, next challenge. Now, he's seen how it's done because he's been a part of it at Alabama, but now he has to do it as the head man with his own program. Mm. Ooh, all right. We'll see how that uh... – all right, real quick, who would be your favorite, Bama or Georgia, in the SEC going into um, – I, I think it would be Alabama this particular year. Um, just because there are more returning components and they're more dynamic at quarterback, you don't lose the guys that Georgia has lost off of that defense and have some type of, I don't want to say setback, but some type of maybe growing pains, right? I mean, that, that is a generational front seven. I like for me, like, this is just me. I think Trevon Walker is the best player in the entire draft. I don't think it's Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't think that it's Aiden Hutchinson. I don't think it's a quarterback. I think that dude is the best player, is the best player top to bottom in the entire draft. Like if I was Jacksonville, wow. if I was Jacksonville, obviously there's a massive needed offensive tackle. But if they decided not to go that way, I would take Javon Walker over uh, Thibodeau in, in Hutchinson. Okay. I like it. Tom Luganville on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Well, um, Let's stay in the SEC. Kiffin and Jimbo do not agree on much, and I really don't <laughs> think they like each other, which we need more of. Now, I don't know how deep it is, but we're going to play it up a little bit. Now, this article that y'all dropped on ESPN.com on analytics last week or the week before was unreal, very well the done. The Bill Connolly drop it? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's his wheelhouse, man. So I want to walk you th- You already know this, but – Jimbo Fisher and Lane Kiffin are polar opposites in coaching. Lane is all about the analytics, all about going forward on fourth down, and Jimbo had the fewest fourth down attempts in the country last year. So the way I see, see this is Jimbo is, is recruiting gangbusters and doing a great job in that space. Uh, as far as coaching, I think he coaches like it's 2001. Um, mm-hmm. Kiffin's quote in here is that, uh, Hey, when you're playing a and M and it's fourth and one, no matter where the ball is, we're just sending out our punt return team. They're going to mm-hmm. punt. That's Jimbo. I think he's even quoted as saying that. Right. Kiffin goes on to say the game's not Jimbo says this, but this is from Kiffin. The game's not played in a book. I'm not looking at a stupid book. So my takeaway from this article is Kiffin is all in on analytics and all in on the transfer portal. Jimbo is all in pretty much on high school players and all in on coaching like it's 2001. 
I think Kiffin can close the gap as far as talent on the field with his approach. Your thoughts? Yeah, listen, I think that the, the whole analytics thing, and I saw a little bit of, of this last fall, is you can't ignore the instincts that, it, that, that go with making snap decisions. Yes, we can say, okay, well, if we've got the ball on offense and it's fourth and less than four and we are plus 42 going in, we're in four-down territory. Okay, okay, that, that's fine. I get that that's what the book says and you're going to do that. But you can't just dismiss your instincts. You can't just dismiss what else is going on in the arena, where you're at on defense. Did you just have a devastating injury? Did you just give up um, a, a, a big play? Did did something else happen that needs to be considered in that whole analytics equation? And and I think we saw a little little bit of that. I know I did in some of my broadcasts where it was like it was too analytical. You know, it was too by the book. And it, instead of sitting back and saying, ah, I don't feel, I don't, I don't like this right now, and and just trusting your instincts as a coach, right? And the more coaches I've talked to about it, yes. Analytics have become a big deal. The percentages side of the game has become a big deal. And the one, you know, four-down territory thing that I just mentioned, I think you're actually going to see more and more and more of that as the, the, the percentages bore out that you actually have a better chance of continuing your drive by giving yourself an extra down. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so, but I still think instincts have to play a role. And that's where I would say maybe Jimbo, to some degree, is a little bit more instinctive in the sense that, and that might, and you know what, maybe I'm using the term instinctive, and sometimes that can mirror the term traditional, all right? Well, maybe he's a little bit more traditional in his thinking. Um, he knows that they're going to have elite players on defense. He knows that they're going to be able to run the ball. So maybe in his mind is, Listen, if it's going to be difficult for people to score on us, then we need to minimize our risk in other areas. Whereas if you're not very good on defense, now you're just going to say, well, the hell with it. We're going to, we're going to take every advantage, every analytic, and every percentage that tells us we might have an opportunity to score more points because we're going to have to to have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with some of the ways Jimbo goes about it, and I don't disagree – with being all in on analytics. But I think even if you talk to Lane Kiffin, he would tell you that on that sideline, regardless of what the book says, you do have to have some awareness of what else is going on around in the game. Yeah. Ooh, fewest in the nation. Yikes. Uh, I, I just think Jimbo's, I, I just think he's borderline bad as an offensive coach at this point. Well, listen, I'm going to say, uh, let's, let's, let's be very, very blunt and very, very honest here. We all know how, um, how the previous regime went down in, in flames at Texas A&M, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Sumlin, what he inherited was great, but then they recruited some good players, didn't have a lot of results. If you look at the results during Kevin Sumlin's phase and now to this point under Jimbo Fisher – they're not too dissimilar. They're, they're actually almost dead identical. Yes. So, they're both 34 and 14 after four years, Luke. Yeah. So to your point, so to your point, you know, at, at the recruiting side of it, and I said this post-signing day this year, and everybody was giving me flack over it because they want me to say, oh, it's the best recruiting class ever. Okay, fine, maybe it is. But 
we've seen them have top five classes. We've seen them have top 10 classes. We keep seeing eight and four. Right. So I'm going to withhold my judgment on whether this is the best recruiting class of all time until I see that recruiting class go out and beat Georgia and then go out and beat Alabama and then go out and beat LSU and get to Atlanta and win the SEC. Because at the end of the day, that's how those recruiting classes are going to be judged. Uh, Kiffin and Jimbo, they had their game canceled two years ago in College Station. So Kiffin has yet to go out there. He will go out there this year in November. And, uh, you know, we'll see what plays out with Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, and all this stuff, um, and the the transfer. But, look, here's what I like about Kiffin is – He's not backing down at all on the two things he's doing, and that is analytics, and he's all in in the transfer portal. I mean, he's yeah. basically saying, and and I know you can't keep up with everything, but we we kind of lock in. Even in his press conferences this spring, Lugs, he's like, I'm all in, and we are going to continue to do this. And And really the question will be, because he will be a great case study, is how much is too much, or is there, maybe it's not. And and he's been saying, look, when we get these kids, they burn their transfer, so they can't leave us. We don't have to deal with that. Right. And and this is the way we're going to do it. I guess Lane knows that, for the most part, they're not going to finish in the top five in recruiting. So his theory is if we can finish around 20, and then I can move that number up with 10, 12, 13-plus transfers, this is how I'm going to roll. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that that's probably a valid line of thinking in, in his approach. And, and listen, with all of the positives, and there are positives to the transfer portal, especially for programs more like an Ole Miss than an Alabama, Georgia, or a Texas A&M or a Clemson, because I've said this to you before, too, is like when people push back on Dabo or somebody else and they're not taking a bunch of transfer portal guys, well, the point of the transfer portal is to get your roster better, to improve your depth. Well, how many guys are in the transfer portal are better than what Alabama's playing with? Not many, right? Maybe one, maybe two. We actually saw that with Alabama last year with Jameson Williams, right. but it's not 10. So why would they waste their time in the transfer portal when they can build long-term depth at the high school level with every elite player in the country? But if you are, if you are an old Miss, you're now going to sit there and say, okay, the upside is, to your point, we can get a little bit more experience, a little bit older. Now, the only downside on, on this line of thinking and I don't think it's a downside because I don't think he'll do it. You can't do the transfer portal thing with a bunch of one-and-done guys. That is not going to help you because you will not be able to sustain long-term depth. You will not be able to build a roster, and it will kill you in high school recruiting because every kid will shy away thinking that they're going to be replaced by a one-and-done guy. So you got to be careful there. Where I think that Ole Miss will focus, and other teams too, are guys that have three years of eligibility remaining. You have to have some type of feel that you're going to have somebody for a minimum of two. If he doesn't leave early, you get him for three, and he improves your roster, he improves your depth. He adds, to, to your point, to your high school all right, uh, recruitment. But you can't, you can't do this with one and dones. And I would even shy away in many instances on guys that have just two unless they are so vastly better than what you have. I mean, I think you have to be convinced as a staff that this guy's going to come in and he's going to start from day one. He's just flat out better than what we have. So, you know, there's upside and downside to, to this equation. I don't think anybody truly knows how it's all going to play out in the end. Because remember, 
the one little sidebar in all of this that everybody forgets about is that extra year of eligibility. When we have the extra year of eligibility due to COVID, and they didn't just give it to the person that was in their last year of eligibility, but instead gave it to everybody, that created the biggest mathematical you-know-what storm maybe in the history of college football because you don't know who's going out the door, who's coming in, exactly how much room you have. You don't know when guys are deciding to come back and decide, hey, I'm going to play here again. Well, actually, we need you to move on. So all of that is being massaged on a year-round basis without having a hard cap scholarship number. Well, guess who loses? The high school player. So if, if this transfer portal thing was just the transfer portal and we were under normal eligibility restrictions, this would be a much, much cleaner process, and we'd see much faster results, to your words, on, like, let's just say the experiment that Ole Miss is attempting right now. But because of the eligibility situation, this thing's going to drag on for another three to four years. Yeah, and I guess it'll start shaking out a little bit after this year, you know, right, as far as the, yeah, the extra I mean, potentially, COVID. but keep in mind, I mean, they gave it to freshmen two years ago. Well, they're, I mean, now they're still going to have three more years of that. And as way for yeah, redshirt, you still get an extra year. So now it's six. Yeah. And you've got guys who you think are seniors, but they're actually juniors. <laughs> you have guys you think are juniors, but they're actually sophomores. And now you're saying, well, wait a minute. It's like I've been here three years. Could he leave early if he wanted to? And then you're like, well, wait a minute. No, he's, he's still just a sophomore. I mean, it, the whole entire thing, then you still have to have your hard cap number. The NCAA wants everybody to get down to 85 scholarship. It's impossible. Should, it's absolutely impossible. Was that a knee-jerk reaction now that we can look in the rearview mirror? I, I, I guess it's... Well, uh, it shouldn't have been. I, anybody with half a brain could have seen what was going to come by making this decision, but that's not how the NCAA thinks. Uh, that's you true. know, you're, you're sitting, I mean, you're sitting here going, all right, hold on a second. Let's just, if somebody in the room would have just said, let's tap the brakes and ask this question, what are we going to ask these universities to do if we're going to give everybody a year of extra eligibility, we're going to allow everybody to transfer without penalty, but we're going to ask them to get back to 85 within a calendar year. Nobody in the room said, how is it that they are supposed to do this? Right. And the reason why I know that is because everybody I've talked to at the collegiate level is asking that question and wants an answer to it. Hmm. All right. So but I, I want to get to Leach and Will Rogers before we let you go. Um, okay. I, I just think Lane is running circles around Jimbo, except, you know, the one uh, – Jimbo gets a little bit of a pass because he's recruiting so well. But I think Lane is the future and what, you know, kind of what you need to be doing on offense. And I think Jimbo's still coaching like 20 years, like they did in 2003 at LSU when you could get away with that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Mike Leach, he's going into year four, and he's now got Will Rogers, who's played a ton of football. Yeah. Um, how do you see this? I mean, I, Will is a good player. Um, you know, he's not physically imposing, but he had to play too early. That's not his fault, but he's played. If you want to run all the numbers, he's played pretty darn well, considering how he was thrown into the fire. Um, what do you see for, for 2022 with, 
with Leach and Will Rogers now that they've been together for a while and Will's got a lot of experience, Tom? So I, I think that, number one, he really made a leap in 2021. I, I think he kind of took the next step. And I think part of that next step is gaining the belief and the confidence of your teammates. I, I think you put it perfectly. Played too early, probably wasn't ready, got thrown to the fire, took his lumps, the team did too, and then all of a sudden that stuff starts to pay off, right? And just leave it to Mike Leach to look at this and say, hey, we're going to take it on the chin right now, but trust me, you know, uh, 15 months from now, this is all going to, to, to pan out. You know, this is all going to be something that is – that is going to work in our favor. And he, and he was right. I mean, I mean, he, he completed almost 74% of his passes. I mean, what do you throw 35, 36 touchdowns? Um, to me, uh, the guy has done exactly what every player that has played in that team under Mike Leach has done, because you brought up something that gets glossed over. You said, well, you know, he's not overly physically imposing. He's not going to just wow you with physical attributes. When you look at Mike Leach and the quarterbacks that have played for him, name one that has. You can't. It's hard. You can't do it. Like, you look at all of them. Sonny Cumbie, Graham Harrell, all right? Luke Falk, who might have been the most physically talented of the ones he's had. You can just run down the list. Minshew. Chris Kingsbury. Minshew. All of them. Like, they all just – but at the same time – it's also another one of those scenarios where you sit there and you say, okay, heavy system offense, great for the collegiate game. There's basically been one player that has come from that scheme, true, that true air raid scheme that has succeeded in the NFL, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Every, every, every single other one. You could maybe say Jared Goff because he played the version of it under Tony Franklin at Cal. Um, and Minshew can make a lot Minshew, of money as a – Spot yeah. starter backup for the next right. ten to twelve years, which hey, right. that's still that's still yeah. awesome. So we'll all take that job, yeah. You know? But I, I think that uh, that's the thing is it's it's a it's a college offense with great results in the passing game. Obviously, we talked about it before struggles in the run game, um, but they're going to move the ball on people. And I'll tell you one thing: don't play man-to-man defense against them. No, that's what LSU learned. That's what LSU learned. Derek Mason two too years ago. Yeah, exactly. Don't if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you're gonna get eaten alive. I'm not sure what Elko was doing in the second half at A and M too. Those were two huge road wins for Will and that young and that team. Okay, uh, I've got a quick joke for you, somewhat of a joke. Uh, Brian Harson in the spring game over the weekend. Uh, yeah. One of the Auburn offenses drives down to the three yard line and they kick a field goal. I mean, <laughs> and, and so we've got Auburn fans on the text on our text line asking, wanting to ask you about it. I just. Hey, look, this is such a train wreck, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. He's not going to make it. Um, I figure they'll relieve him of his duties by about game nine or ten this year, fair or unfair. But can you bl- – I mean, dude, spring game, you know this. You just called one. They're challenging enough to get excited about. you got to go for it, Lukes, when you're on the three-yard line in a spring game, don't you? Yeah, and I wasn't there in all fairness, but, yes, you would imagine so. And most spring games, to be honest with you, don't have the kicking game. Right. <laughs> Great. All right. Have a good week, buddy. Right, Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN on the Corona Premier Guest Line. How about that? Brian Harson kicks a field goal on the three-yard line. Well, that gets me excited about Auburn football this year. Who they play to get things started. Mercer. 
It's where I want to be the first weekend of the season in 120 degree weather. Auburn against Mercer. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Bank Plus, it's more than a name. It's a promise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.